0: Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. I'm Kelly. I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're Identical, identical
1: twins. twins. And you have found us here on Hymn, hymn Talk, Talk, Twin, Twin Talk. Talk. Now, we are fully in the Easter season. Oh, yes. this is. We had our third Sunday of Easter yesterday. So, of course, we had our big Easter Sunday
0: hymn, which was, Christ the Lord, Christ Lord is, is Risen Today. We should have people clapping for that. Where's okay. our applause? Where's our
1: applause? <laughs> but we don't want to confuse people. They'll be like, we already listened to this one. <laughs> but it just seems like when you say that hymn, everybody
0: should be cheering. <laughs> woo <Woo-hoo. laughs> Christ the Lord. And then, of course, last week, another awesome song. He lives.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that puts me in the Easter mood completely. Yes. And here we are, our third week. So a lot of churches celebrate the Easter season all the way through till Pentecost. Mm -hmm. But yesterday, the third Sunday of Easter, is the last Sunday where the gospel reading is about the risen Christ. So yesterday's scripture reading, if you were in a church that follows the church calendar, you probably read about the two men walking on the road to Emmaus. They meet... Jesus Christ! But they don't know that it's him, right. and they talk to him. And the walk is like six miles. Yes, that's what our pastor said. Yes, I'm sure they're just strolling. I'm not. They're they not are, like power walking. They are
0: strolling. <laughs> so this is. I feel like they're they were walking together for hours.
1: For a long time. Yep, and they did not recognize Jesus. <laughs> and Jesus says, "You know, you know what? What's going on? What are you two talking about?" And they reply, kind of in a snarky way, like, "Are you the only person <laughs> in town who hasn't heard what's happening?" Right. Like they have no idea that it's actually Jesus. Um, so, a couple of things about that passage that's interesting. One of the men that is walking is named. His name is Cleopas, which is what I've always called him C L E O P A S. Is that what you've called him? I mean, I call him Cleo. <laughs> but we learned from our pastor in worship that his name was pronounced Cleopas. Okay. And it is the male form of the name Cleopatra. Oh, Cleopas. Cleopas. I feel like that's like a football term. (laughs) So Cleopas talked to Jesus. And then the other thing that I love about this passage Mm -hmm. is that Jesus then went and explained to them everything about the law and the prophets leading up to this Mm -hmm. day. I mean, imagine Getting to hear that from Jesus Christ Himself, right? How
0: exciting that must have been, right? And then eventually their eyes were opened,
1: right? That we just figured out who you were, and then you left, you You disappeared. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) But that's exactly what we're praying for, isn't it? When we think of our non-believing friends, right? We're just. Praying for their eyes to be open. Right. The proof that Jesus is alive, the yep. proof that Jesus lived and died and rose again is there. We just are praying that their eyes would be open. Right.
1: So that's the third Sunday of Easter. If you heard it, then it's fresh on your mind. And if and if you didn't hear it, look it up. It's Luke 24, 13 to 35. Yeah. And uh and it's just a great story of how we can't see Jesus for who he is until. Our eyes are opened, Mm. and we're ready, and then we see him, and we see his truth. And then it's kind of like, just like the guys. How did we not know? How did we not see this? Isn't that the truth? People who come to the faith, they say, what was I doing before? So this is our third
0: Easter hymn. Mm -hmm. It was so fun trying to figure out which Easter hymn we were going to pick. Kelly and I just wanted a variety. Right. You know, we had the two from the previous weeks. We wanted a variety. We showed you some clues on social media. Now, if you aren't following us on social media, we, we just want to encourage you to follow us. We right. actually have a lot of fun, right, How Kelly? come you're not following us? I feel like we mention it every week. Like, why aren't you? I know. And if you're not a big social media person, like, I totally get it. Right. But there may be something that you do. Like, maybe you just do Facebook. Well, you follow us on Facebook. Or you just do Twitter. Well, find us on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, whatever you do, we're there. We're trying to have, you know, build our presence. Right. And every week, starting on... The Thursday. Thursday, We start dropping hints and clues. And we do have some followers who enjoy playing with us. Right. And they're giving us their titles they think it is. And sometimes they're right (laughs) and sometimes they're wrong. And it's actually really fun. Right. Now, this week, one of our clues was the huge Christ the Redeemer statue in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. This is a huge statue, and it is
2: totally
1: recognizable. Like, you don't have to be a Christian, and you don't have to be a Brazilian. But, you know, it's
0: funny. I talk to my students about the symbols of America. Mm -hmm. You know, what's a symbol? Well, it's our flag. And then they, they talk about even more symbols. I let them brainstorm, and they'll say... The Statue of Liberty. Right. Or... An eagle. The bald eagle or the flag or the White House even. You know, these are symbols where no matter where you are in the world, you see it and you know it's America. I think it's amazing Mm -hmm. that this symbol of Brazil is a statue of Of, our Lord. Of of Jesus Of our Christ. Christ. Yes. So... This huge statue um, was our clue for the day. Right. It's called Christ the Redeemer. Mm -hmm. It was a big clue. I mean, it was a big clue, like, because the
1: statue was big. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, I think it could have confused people i know it's, it's not that the hymn writers were brazilian nope. it's not that the hymn was from brazil nope. there's nothing about brazil that has to do with this hymn so i actually think we could have tricked people now i've never been to brazil carrie have you <laughs>
0: no no but
1: I, this is de-
0: i mean i would totally want to be able to see this statue i would
1: love to see it in real life mm-hmm. so where's our captain let's get him this
0: uh-huh. is your captain speaking. <laughs> so this statue is in rio de janeiro And it was built on this Mount Corcovado, and it really is visible by anyone in the city. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yes, that's how big it is. It's 98 feet tall, and if you can just imagine 98 feet tall, the arms that are open, Mm -hmm. that spans 92 feet. Wow. So it's almost as wide as it is tall. Right. And just for a little perspective, the Lincoln Memorial statue is 99 feet tall. So when you think of the Lincoln sitting in his chair. Yeah. yeah. Now, what's really interesting about this is that this country of Brazil has decided to build a second statue. Oh, my gosh. A second statue. It's being built, and it's supposed to be taller than the famous Redeemer statue. This is going to be called Christ the Protector. It's in the southern city of Encantado, and it will be 140 feet high. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Now, the head and outstretched arms were just added to the structure a couple of weeks ago. Wow. Yeah. And the structure was begun in 2019. It's a $350,000 project. Oh, my goodness. And it's expected to be completed later this year. Wow. So Brazil is going to have two humongous statues. Yes. And it's going to be different because you're actually going to be able to visit the statue Mm -hmm. and ride inside an an internal elevator. Oh, gosh. Which will take tourists to a viewpoint in like the chest region of Jesus. (laughs) I mean... Well, I think
1: we should plan the trip to Brazil after that one's open because I want to see both. We're going to have a statue tour. I wonder... (laughs) I wonder if you're in the chest of one Jesus
0: looking out, if you could see the other Jesus. I don't think they're that close to each other. I know, but one. still, if they're that high up. True, true. Okay, so here's a little fun fact. Okay. This current Redeemer statue is the third tallest statue of Jesus in the world. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> So there's two more there's taller two ones? more. Okay. So the Jesus Buntu Baraki statue is in Indonesia. Okay. And it measures 172.4 feet high. Wow. And then in Poland, we have Christ the King statue, which is 172.5 feet high. Wow. So they are actually taller. And they would basically tower over these two statues. Right, they would. They're yeah. almost twice as tall. Yeah. Okay, so Kelly. Yes. Here's a question for you. Okay. Poland has one? Yes. Indonesia has one. <laughs> yes. Brazil has two. two. Soon to be one two and a half. <laughs> does America have one? <laughs> no.
1: America does not have one. <laughs>
2: what? <laughs>
1: I was gonna say, I know we have the big
0: cross, but we have a big Jesus too. Really, we have two big Jesus statues. <laughs> Where <laughs> we don't have to go all the way to Brazil. Really as as tall as
1: like ninety something feet? No, 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 they're not as tall. Okay. But they're
0: tall. All right. Tell me. We have the Lux Mundi, which is a 52-foot-tall statue of Jesus at the Solid Rock Church near Monroe, Ohio. Okay. And then we have the Christ of the Ozarks, which is in Arkansas. Wow. So two statues. And for those people who might not be from America— I will tell you, Ohio and Arkansas aren't anywhere near each other. And unfortunately, they're not anywhere near us. No, we're in Boston. So we can't, that's not an easy trip. But Kelly, where's our captain? Because I want to see these two places.
3: This is your captain
1: speaking. Okay, so the one in Ohio is 52 feet high. How tall is the one in Arkansas? 65 feet high. So they're both much much shorter than the others. So that reminds me of the big ark in Kentucky that is like a, a tourist attraction. Someone built the ark to the exact specifications, and it's humongous. I want to go there. We'll, we'll write it off. We'll say it's him talk, twin talk, him
0: research, research. Tour. research. <laughs> this podcast has certainly taken on a huge tangent. Can we just yes. tell them today's hymns? Yeah, so, we haven't even talked about no. It. So the
1: big, big hint that we thought might have given it away was the Christ the Redeemer statue, right? Um, but of course the the hymn isn't Brazilian, and it's not from Brazil. <laughs> it's about Jesus being called a redeemer. Yes. And I don't even think that's that great of a hint, because there's a few hymns. I know. There's a few well-known hymns that have Jesus as a redeemer in the in the lyrics and in the title. All right, well, let's just
0: tell them. But this one is a favorite of both Carrie's and mine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's it's not a hymn that like goes back to our childhood. Nope. I mean, I certainly don't remember ever singing it. <laughs> it's newer, yeah. All
1: right, let's tell them. Okay, ready? So this week's hymn on Hymn Talk Twin Talk is there is a redeemer (laughs) all right So there is a Redeemer. This hymn is vastly different from the hymns we've done so far in Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Well, it's newer. It's (laughs) practically brand new. It's close to our age. And and we were introduced to a husband and wife team named Melody and Keith Green. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Christians who are our age, you know, probably know the name Keith Green. He was a pretty famous Christian contemporary singer. He had a large following. He was doing concert tours. So people were going to see him sing in in concert. I'm not sure at the time we knew that his wife was such a big part of his career. No, I certainly didn't. So this song just happens to be written by Melody Green, um, but also one of the verses was written by Keith Green. So the two of them didn't like sit down and decide to write it together. They didn't collaborate but one wrote two verses, and right. then Keith
0: wrote another verse. I mean, I'd love to know how that conversation exactly. went. Exactly. I mean, was Keith like, it's good, but you, I can make it better. You need one more verse. <laughs> or
1: was did he write it first, and Melody was like, I can do something with this. Right. Like, this I- is a really good start. Yeah. So we thought it might be fun to test you all, listeners. <laughs> if we sang all three verses— could you tell which two were written by Melody and which one was written by Keith? I mean, it stands to reason that if you have two different people, two different styles, that one would seem different. Mm -hmm. Can you find the different one? I feel like this is, um, you know, Sesame Street. One of these is not like the other. Which one of these (laughs) is not like the other? Exactly. It's a little game that we play. Now, there's three verses and a chorus. So Melody wrote, Two of the verses and the chorus. Keith only wrote one verse.
0: All right, here we go. Okay.
2: There is a Redeemer, Jesus, God's own Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah,
0: Holy One. Okay, that's verse Mm 1. All right, now here's verse 2. Jesus, my Redeemer,
2: name above all names, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, hope for sinners slain.
1: Verse 2. And now verse 3.
2: When I stand in glory, I will see his face. There I'll serve my king forever in that home.
1: So there's your three verses. I do feel like one is very different from the others. I do, do you? too.
0: I actually noticed words that were in two verses that were incredibly similar. Right. And then the third verse, like, didn't have any of those repeated words or repeated Don't, phrases. You're just
1: telling everyone now. I'm not telling them. <laughs> I'm not. You think I just told them? I do think you just told them. All right, because so it's really clear when you're looking, when you're looking just at the verses. Right. So verses one and two repeat the word redeemer. Mm-hmm. They repeat the exact phrase precious. Lamb, Lamb of, of God, God Messiah. Messiah.
0: And they are talking about the present. Right. There is a Redeemer. Jesus is my Redeemer. It's mm-hmm. all about present time. And in verse three, it shifts. It shifts. We are now in heaven, living with the Redeemer. Right. So we don't know the, how this third verse got added. Right. If it was something that had nothing to do with the word redeemer. I actually think that this is totally my guess. I have no idea. I have no evidence to back this claim. But I actually think Keith said, I love this song. Let's move forward and talk about you know, our life in heaven, let's move ahead. Right. You know, for me, musically speaking, if I were playing it and singing it, I would want to have like an interlude between verse two and three and I would want to modulate it. Yes, exactly. And I would want to have a completely different like feel in the accompaniment because you really, it does stand apart. Mm -hmm. And so I would want to add to that musically. Mm -hmm. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Charles
1: Wesley, and yeah. we felt like maybe some of our listeners knew a little bit about the Wesley is, Wesley brothers, and so, you know, maybe we weren't giving you 100% new information. And now with this hymn, we're talking about Keith and Melody Green, and we feel like some of you might know about them too. If If you don't know, Keith Green died. Mm-hmm. He died, and Melody is continuing her Christian ministry, but... A lot of people thought that this third verse that Keith added might have been like foreseeing the future. It might have been a, a little bit of something that he was feeling, that he would be in Christ's presence sooner right. rather than later. Right. Because he died at a young age. He did. And there was a lot of speculation about
0: that right. third verse. Right. So do you know a lot about Keith and Melody Green? So I remember being in high school yes. and knowing the music of Keith Green. Yes. So— Keith
1: Green was a singer, a musician, Right. he was Jewish, and he began his career at 11 years old. He signed a five-year contract with Decca Records with his father, Harvey. Um, in 1965, he had a hit called Girl, Don't Tell Me. In 1966, he had a hit called Hometown Girls, Okay. and he was described as a short-lived teen idol. So, I mean, he was like the Justin Bieber of
0: 1965. (laughs) So that's 1965. Right. And he meets Melody. Yes. Mm -hmm. She is a fashion designer. She is in Los Angeles, California, Mm -hmm. and she is like designing clothing in the garment district. Yes. She, you know, in her teens and early 20s, you know, we read that she was involved in this like hippie drug culture. Right. But she really was looking for a genuine connection with God. Yeah. And she meets. Keith Green. Right. She so actually she works for this production company mm-hmm. that has him signed. So she meets this musician and they find that they have a similar spiritual journey. Right. They end up getting married and they end up working together. I mean, right. even before, you
1: know, they were doing the Christian ministry thing, they were working together. I think that this is so awesome. He's a working musician. Mm-hmm, He's doing mm-hmm. gigs in in LA. He's mm-hmm. trying to, trying to, you know, build up his musical career and she's making his clothes. Right. She's a fashion designer. Awesome. And she's making his clothes, and they are living this life together. But yes, it, they aren't Christian, and they are doing drugs, and they're not living a Christian lifestyle at all. And in 1975, they were invited to a Bible study in Bel Air, and she writes that from that moment on, their lives were changed
0: and what a testimony mm-hmm. for anybody anywhere who has ever invited somebody to church right you just never know right invite 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 invite, invite. invite. they're invited to a bible study mm-hmm. i'm sure the people who invited them had no idea yeah. what could would come out of it but you just invite and let the holy spirit do the right, rest right so they they get invited to this bible study and their lives changed right they started ministries they started yes. charity organizations they wanted to help and further god's kingdom yeah and they they just did it all i mean they embraced
1: the, just the way they embraced the hippie drug culture mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. embraced being a christian mm-hmm. in la in the 70s so they really were were committed to trying to live the way christ lived yeah. that's what they said and so they actually took in kids with drug problems. They took in teenage girls who were pregnant, and, they, and it was their mission to lead them to the Lord. They hosted potluck dinners and Bible studies for their whole neighborhood. They went door to door inviting people. They bought or rented houses with lots of bunk beds just so that they could house people, just so they could give people a home. They were really living out Jesus's
0: words of helping your neighbor and loving your neighbor. Now, in 1979, they left Los Angeles and moved to Texas, right? Where they bought a hundred twenty-acre ranch, right? And they did travel because Keith was make was doing music concert tours, right. so they did travel. And she ran the soundboard and sold the albums, and they were still writing music together. Mm-hmm. But they had this ranch, right? And at this ranch, she oversaw these women's ministries, right?
1: Right. I mean, so by 1982, so this is definitely in our younger age. Younger age. We were around... They, they were huge. They were known worldwide. Mm. They had almost a hundred people on staff. They had a magazine called The Last Days Magazine. And Keith's music was at the top of the charts. They were building new facilities. They were coming up with more plans and more plans. I mean, they were just doing so much. It's actually kind of nice to see, you know, this married couple yeah. working for the Lord and really doing well. They were doing well right. financially. They were successful.
0: Now, this ministry, it's called Last Days ministries it's still here today it still is and yep. we can share share mm-hmm. the information on our social media yep. but you can join the ministry you can become a member you can get information yep. um and you can even donate like we can put the link up if you want to support this ministry yep. and really the music has completely taken a backseat. In the
1: late 70s and early 80s, they it was all about their music. I mean, they were yeah. writing a ton of music. They really did write a lot together. I'm wondering if any of our listens, listeners know some of their other hits. Yeah. So his Christian albums was from was For Him Who Has Ears to Hear from oh. 1977. Okay. No Compromise 1978. So You Want to Go Back to Egypt 1980. <laughs> The Keith Green Collection, 1981, and then Songs for the Shepherd,
0: 1982. And this is where we see there is a Redeemer for the first time in this record album called Songs Songs for for the the Shepherd. Shepherd.
1: Now, it was the last album he released before he died on July 28th, 1982. So... You might know the story of how Keith Green died. He was a successful and famous Christian contemporary singer. He and his wife had a huge ministry that was successful and flourishing. And in Texas, he got on a plane, a small plane, with two of his children, Melody stayed back with the youngest child, and she was pregnant with the fourth child. The plane did not get the lift that it needed to take off, and it ended up crashing into a neighboring field. It burst into flames, and there were no survivors. So Keith Green died. He was 28 years old. His son, Josiah, died. He was almost four, and their daughter, Bethany, died. She was two. And Melody was home with their one-year-old, Rebecca Joy, and she was pregnant with their fourth child. So this is just tragic, Carrie. Totally devastating for this family. And this song, There is a Redeemer, is the last song that he wrote. Mm -hmm. It was on that album that came out that year. And... It might not have even been a a hymn or a song that kind of stayed, Mm -hmm. but that last verse, Mm -hmm. when you realize that the songwriter died shortly after writing it, when I stand in glory, I will see his
0: face. There I'll serve my king forever in in that that holy place. place. And that's where Keith Green is. Right. Right. And so a few months later, in the fall of 1982, Melody actually traveled across America Mm -hmm. with the Keith Green Memorial Concert. And she ended up seeing hundreds of thousands of people um, face to face um, where they got to sort of have that celebration of Keith's life and Mm -hmm. all of his music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the point of this hymn, There is
1: a Redeemer, is – That there is someone who loves you and who will save you, like no matter who Mm -hmm. you are. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Keith and Melody lived that out. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were not living the Christian life. They say that they were looking and searching, but I mean, they were nowhere near Right. you know the leaving the life that god would have wanted for them but there was this hope there is a redeemer Je- and in his name is jesus mm-hmm. and he's god's own son i feel like this hymn is really their story mm-hmm. and it's keith's story as well in the end right
0: and when you think that melody was jewish right, right. so she grew up in a home where There was maybe talk of a redeemer, Mm -hmm. but there was no reality that we had one. She grew up in a home that was waiting for one. And then she goes to this Bible study and she learns that there is a redeemer. So let's talk a little bit about Melody. So Melody Green was born August 25th,
1: 1946 in Hollywood, California. She grew up in Venice, California. And she grew up on the beach. Nice. Sounds like a great place to, to grow up. And she says that growing, there, growing up there and seeing the beach, she realized and she knew some deep down, she knew that there must be a creator for such perpetual beauty, universal order and symmetry to exist. Aww. She lived on the beach and she just grew up thinking it was so beautiful. So there had to have been a god. So that definitely influenced her. And another thing that influenced her is that her grandparents escaped czarist Russia. Oh. They bundled up their five kids and they took a train to the shipyard in Odessa. Now, this train ride was dangerous. They were actually ducking bullets. They were shooting at them through the windows. And the grandparents put the kids on the floor and laid on top of them, covered with pillows for protection. They escaped on the last ship that would allow fleeing refugees on board. And her mother was actually the sixth child and she's the only one born in America. So Melody grew up knowing that her mom was born on American soil but also knowing that what her grandparents had to do to get to America. So she says there's a quote from her that we Mm -hmm. found on her website. She says just like we learned that the growing up on the beach had an influence on her. She says, My family history has played a large part in shaping my heart to absolutely disdain all types of persecution, prejudice, and injustice. Some things are just wrong. Mm -hmm. My spirit told me this long before I even met the Lord. So when we're talking, Carrie, about the (laughs) inspiration. for this hymn I just have to think that it's their life their right. life story their testimony mm-hmm. and their solid belief that there is a God who loves them that mm-hmm. there is a savior a redeemer who rescued them from mm-hmm. their life who rescued them out of what they were, how they were living and so they write this hymn together mm-hmm. and I believe that that's their inspiration
0: their own personal story right And, you know, really what makes you write a song called There Is a Redeemer? It is a personal relationship that you have with Jesus, but it's also this like super strong conviction. They have no doubt. Right. They have no doubt that the same God who, you know, delivered the Israelites in the Old Testament is the same God who delivered them out of their hippie drug lifestyle in Los Angeles, California. Right. So we
1: really didn't talk about the kind of hymn this is. I mean, you might not even call it a hymn, right? really. I mean, this is hymn talk, twin talk. But this isn't really a hymn. So this is the start of the Christian contemporary movement, Mm -hmm. CCM or CWM, the Christian worship music. Or isn't it called Praise and Worship? And then Praise and Worship. Praise and worship music or contemporary worship music, it's a defined genre of Christian music that is used in contemporary worship. It's been developed over the past 60-ish years, mm-hmm. so this is definitely at the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. And you, I feel like this There is a Redeemer is like a bridge between you know, a hymn and praise and worship because there's things that are similar to hymns and there's things that are similar to praise and worship. What you should know about praise and worship music though is that one of the biggest characteristics is that it was non-denominational. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, you know, Wesley writing for his Methodist church. It wasn't, you know, our guys writing for the for the revival meetings and the tent meetings. It was meant to be non-denominational. It should be in Protestant churches, it could be in Catholic churches, it could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. And they wanted it to be as approachable as possible. Yeah. The other thing that praise and worship music had that was new was that it was really about personal relationships with Christ. And we see this at the end of the gospel songs and the tent meeting songs. It was much more personal talking about loving Jesus, having a relationship with him, maybe even being in love with him. Those kinds of words, they they weren't used in him. If you looked at a, a bunch of lyrics, you could tell almost what decade it was written in just by some of those lyrics. So there is a Redeemer. It was written in the 80s, so it's falling in the praise and worship category, but it really sounds like a hymn. It feels like a hymn. Right. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's one of his only songs that are still in our hymnals that today. will end up in a hymn. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. I mean, his praise and worship music that he was singing on
0: tours, right. you're not singing those in churches. Right. Those are Christian bands. I mean, I look at this and I feel like it is a modern hymn. Right. We are seeing... Modern hymns that mm-hmm. are still being written, mm-hmm. that follow the structure of a hymn. I mean, hymns didn't have refrains. Right. But to me, it's this modern hymn. Right. Well, it's like, it is well with my soul. Mm-hmm. You know, it is well with my soul almost has more
1: praise and worship characteristics yeah. than this. Yeah. You know, and I we love doing it. I and mean, that's what we do on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. We yep. like analyze these hymns. I'm curious if people, our listeners know it. You know, right. we know it. It's in our hymnal. We sing it and we both love it. It is only in 25 hymnals. Right. It's not that popular. It doesn't have that overarching popularity that we see with other hymns.
0: Super curious if you all know this right. hymn. I mean, if you can reach out to us on social <laughs> yes. media. I mean, hashtag, do you know this hymn? <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. I have said for years that it's a hymn that is so special to me, right. and I really would like it sung at my funeral. I know, we say that. We
1: say that because of that verse Because three. of verse three. It really does feel like it could be in, At a funeral, and it would work really nicely. We haven't even talked about the refrain. I really love the refrain as well. Me too. Because praise and worship at the end of the day should be praise and worship. We should be praising Mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. And that refrain is all about thanking God for what he's done. Mm -hmm. Let's sing it for everyone really quickly. Definitely.
0: Okay.
2: Thank you, oh my father. For giving us your Son, and leaving your Spirit till the work on earth is done.
0: I love that we mentioned the Trinity here. I, I know. mean, the song is about Jesus. The song says there is a redeemer. But what does the refrain do? We're thanking God. We're recognizing Jesus for who he is. Mm-hmm. And then we thank him for giving us his spirit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the huge criticisms of praise and worship music is that it's not
1: theologically sound right. that it it doesn't have the depth you know right. that the hymns have but here we have this great example oh. we are praising Jesus Christ here and we are thanking him so this hymn we are using you know for Easter but it really has right. so much it's, use yeah. i mean it could be a pentecost hymn it could be a thanksgiving hymn Thank, Definitely. thanking god and hugely in the refrain which is sung 3 times and of course, it could be sung at a funeral. Right. I love the ending days. I love that.
0: Well, and I almost feel like, depending on how you interpret the word work, but I actually think it can be a missions hymn. Yes. Because yes. we have work to do here. Right. And I think of how she devoted herself. She mm-hmm. was a single mother with two children, and she continued those women's ministries right. that she was doing. Right. That It didn't stop. She wrote books, she wrote letters, she counseled women. Her work didn't stop. And I feel like for them, work was. Like synonymous with living for Christ. Right. It was like we're living for Christ, we're working for Christ. Right. It reminds me of like the
1: disciples and the apostles, yes. and especially the people in the early church that you read about in right. Acts. I mean, their we, work we have was, work to do. Right. It was all just everything was the mm-hmm. same. Their work was their work right. for Christ. It was their daily life. Carrie talked a little bit about how busy Melody is. Right. She is continuing work at this last day's ministry. Right. We, we're going to share all
0: the information with she you. She
1: wrote a book about mm-hmm. her life with Keith. It's yeah. called No Compromise. And she says that that's like her motto in life. No compromise. Which, I mean, you can't, how can you argue with that? Mm-hmm. And so this book, is a, it's a big book. And yeah. it's about their story. And right now, it's in works to become a full-length feature film.
0: Awesome. Right. And it's called No, no compromise, compromise, The Life of Keith Green. Okay, so we have this book, you guys. We do. So we are going to do another giveaway. Yep. So we're going to be posting on our social media Make sure you like and share and retweet whatever you need to do. We're going to be picking a random winner and sending you this book. And her story is inspiring.
1: Yeah. Inspiring. And this one hymn that she wrote is just like the tip of the iceberg Mm
0: -hmm. because she's done so much. We're so excited to be able to send you this book. So, yeah, don't forget to find us on social media and interact with this giveaway right yeah so we talked about how her very life story and
1: keith's story is definitely the Mm inspiration for this hymn but um we wanted to just dig a little bit more into that word redeemer i mean jesus has named a few things in this hymn true redeemer jesus god's own son precious lamb of god messiah hope for sinners slain but Redeemer
0: is really the theme of the hand. What does the Bible <laughs> In the Bible, Jesus Christ is mentioned as the Redeemer over 2,000 times. Right. right. So this idea of Redeemer or redemption or being redeemed um, is mentioned over 2,000 times. And basically, you know, Jesus Christ redeems believers from all forms of sinful bondage and oppression through his death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. The price of that redemption is... His own death represents a ransom paid to secure the freedom of those held in bondage to sin. Mm. Now, redemption is used in several of Paul's letters, but the Gospels do not use the title Redeemer. Oh. Yeah. Now... In the New Testament, redemption is used to refer both to deliverance from sin and to freedom from captivity. Now, in the late 1300s and early 1400s in the Bible, um, the the terms were really like ransom. But by 1438, we see the word redeem. And, you know, it might okay. be because ransom really became more about money. right? And then, in, you know, it ended up being translated to be redeemed because mm-hmm. that was less about money and more about Deliverance. Mm. Deliverance and rescue. So we see the word Redeemer in Psalm 1914. What does the Bible (laughs) say? It says, May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my Redeemer. Mm. And then in Jeremiah 50, 34, yet their Redeemer is strong. The Lord Almighty is his name. He will vigorously defend their cause so that he may bring rest to their land, Mm. but unrest to those who live in Babylon. So we see that in the Old Testament, they're talking about the Redeemer. um, And then we know in the New Testament who that Redeemer is. Mm. And in some translations, Redeemer is actually just translated to be Lord. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like that word, redeemer. Me too. I actually like it way more now than I did before. <laughs> I know, that's true. That's true. That's true. So we have this music to share with right, you. Right, right. So this is a singer-songwriter from Roxboro, North Carolina. His name is Andrew Lidgett. He writes all sorts of original songs. Right. His music is beautiful. He he writes just, you know, whatever inspires him. Um, He has some beautiful stuff out there. We're going to send you a link to his music so you can listen to his stuff. He has some digital albums that you could buy. This is him singing, There is a Redeemer.
3: Sire holy one. Oh, The work
0: wonderful rendition. What a beautiful song. You know, it sounds so timeless to me because when you listen to it, you kind of feel like, oh, it kind of has
1: that 70s feel. right?
0: But I mean, it still sounds
1: so relevant.
0: I love it. Thank you, Andrew Lidgett, for sharing your music. We're going to share his contact information to all of you. And thank
1: you all for walking through this Easter journey with us. We've loved sharing these hymns with you. Christ the Lord is risen today. He lives. And today... There, there is a our Redeemer.
0: Redeemer. To end our podcast tonight, I have a verse to share with you from the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verse 1. And I read this and I just think of how Jesus is our Redeemer, freeing us, and I also think of the Greens who worked and are still working mm. to further God's kingdom. Yeah. Isaiah 61, 1. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. There is a Redeemer. Mm -hmm. He has rescued us. He has saved us. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hey, don't forget to find us on social media yes. and share all the tweets about Melody Green's book, No, no Compromise. Compromise. All right, bye, everyone. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening.